Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a take by Jokic. center. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Mikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. It is Tuesday morning here in the Mile High City and a victory Tuesday as the Denver Nuggets come off a bounce back win against the Memphis Grizzlies last night. We are going to get into that. We're going to start with going all the way back to, man, it seems like it's been, oh, what a week. It's been a ton that's been going on. We'll go all the way back to the Nuggets uh, win um Actually, sorry, so yeah, their win against the Orlando Magic, uh, followed by then, of course, the back-to-back losses with Charlotte and Atlanta. I brought in Gordon Gross uh, to break down those games earlier from the beginning of last week. And then after that, we will move on to the win over Memphis and uh, the signing of Nick Young, Swaggy P. Now Denver Nugget, we'll of course talk about that. We'll get in a little bit of conversation about Nikola Jokic. Because it is Nikola Jokic week here on Denver Stiffs. And then we'll close out the show um, talking about the last two games this week. and Games two and three of the four-game homestand. We're going to be playing the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Toronto Raptors. I had Mike Olson join me to uh, do that second half of the show. So we got a good one for you guys here today. So let's not delay any longer. Here's me and Gordon talking about the Orlando and Charlotte games from earlier in the week. All right, let's bring in from down in Colorado Springs to talk about the win over the Orlando Magic and the loss to the Charlotte Hornets. It is Mr. Gordon Gross. Gordon, what's happening? Not too much. Um, interesting week of uh, Nuggets basketball. So uh, it's been a strange road trip. So I'm, I'm very curious to see uh, how this discussion goes. Yeah, it's uh, kind of... um. I mean, it couldn't have started out any better, obviously, last week with the win over the Blazers, and then they, they won on Monday, of course, right. against the Raptors. Go into Orlando, you know, riding high. And that, Orlando's, I mean, they're not a terrible team, but they're not they're not great. Neither is Charlotte. They're both kind of in that, you know, they're 500, uh, hovering around 500 right now, uh, which is good enough to be a playoff team in the Eastern Conference. But, right. you know, they're not, they're certainly not as good as the Nuggets. Um. But so then, you know, I, I guess the thing is, is so they get the win against Orlando. It takes them. <laughs> we were just talking about how I was like, I know I'm going to have my dogs barking on this podcast. And there we go. Yeah, um, we were waiting for that. But so we had. <laughs> so they had the, uh, the prop bed on the uh, uh, on this on this particular podcast. The prop. I, if, if you had wanted the insider info, it was the, the odds were good. Odds were real good uh, on the dog barking. Um <laughs> But the so the they get the win against Orlando and and it was sort of one of those games where I mean it wasn't it wasn't a, a pretty win by any means it takes some overtime uh, to get it done the defense really didn't look like it has all season they gave up oh I mean I, I don't know a ton of threes Evan Fournier it's just like they they completely forgot that he wanted to shoot the ball from the left corner. Um, Really, it really kind of a sloppy game, and then they they get the win. They followed up with that loss though against Charlotte. See a lot of the same things again. I mean, were you were you encouraged? I guess by the win because they got it done in Orlando that they were still able to overcome and get the win in OT. Gordon, or do you think? I mean, now with the benefit of hindsight, was it really just a a sign of some red flags that that were gonna uh, rear their ugly head against Charlotte? Well, I mean, you know, if you win the game, you call it a gutty win on a on a night you don't have your best stuff. Um, and if you lose the game, it's an uninspired effort. 
So it was a gutty win in Orlando and an uninspiring effort in uh, Charlotte. Uh, basically the same game, but I, I'm glad they got one of the two wins. I mean, that's it's important to be able to win when you're not at your best, um, especially right. when you're on the road. It's a long road trip, not just in, in like travel time, which it is. I mean, they've gone complete West Coast to East Coast um, and North to yep. South. Like they're doing the whole, they're doing right. the whole Came thing. Like Florida. it's, it's not, it's not any easy, easy kind of road trip. This is not an East Coast road trip that all those cute little Eastern Conference teams get to do, where they travel from New York to Philadelphia, and you're like, oh no, please don't hurt Boston, yourself. Uh, right. Going 35 minutes south, look out. <laughs> um, but it's regardless, like it, it's it's a long time. There's a lot of days in between these games too. It's not a it's not a quick turnaround. Right. You're on the road a long time. You have a lot of time to sit around and think. Um, these are not the easiest road trips, and Denver might finish this one four and one if they take care of their business against Atlanta. So I don't right. I don't fault them for dropping a game. Like I mean, you'd think that you'd like to win all the games you're favored in, but it won't happen. Um, it, right. I don't I don't think it's a bad loss. I'm more concerned injury wise than I am with um whether the Nuggets uh, had two B-minus, C-plus kind of efforts out there and lost one and won the other. Right, yeah, and, and we'll get into those injuries in a little bit, but I think they definitely, um, uh, I mean, Gary, I think Gary Harris's absence was really felt. Especially yeah, the that hurt him game. a lot tonight. Um, yep, agreed. Yeah, I mean, they they couldn't, it just, uh, Torrey Craig is a good defender, but he's he struggled. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He struggled these past two games, and especially and then uh, tonight we saw on the offensive end, um, having him out there, he was a complete non-factor, kind of like how he was at the beginning of the season when they had him in there yeah. for Will Barton. And, and, it's, and it's, so now not having Barton or Harris. Man. Like, I mean, that's, right. he will give you effort. He he cares on the defensive end, but he wasn't stopping the people he needed to stop tonight. Whether it was Kemba, I mean Kemba early got off to a slow start, and you can you can thank I guess Dory right. Craig for that. Um, but it he is not a lockdown defender; he's an effort defender, and effort defenders are great if you've got a bunch of them. Um, and so far, Denver has been pretty good with the defensive effort this year. But I would not consider the last two games to be good defensive effort. No, definitely not. I would I wouldn't consider either of them. You know, and and I think with Craig specifically in the Orlando game, you know, it was he really struggled. He where one thing he's not so great is being off the ball, right? Yes, he gets um, distracted. Yeah. And, and a number, right? And he he tends to get lost. I mean, he uh he was part of the mix up there on the what was it? Terrence Ross, right? He yep. Three. Yep. Uh, to to tie up there in regulation, he was the one who kind of got lost on that screen. Uh, on that play, he was a guy who was defending Evan Fournier for long periods of the of the game and, and in particular in that third quarter when Fournier started knocking down uh it, it was just so that was really the most frustrating yes. part of that one was watching him just they leave him wide open time and time again in that left well, corner. And, and, uh, honestly, and a lot of it was like, toward Craig. We talk about we talk about how smart a defender Paul Millsap is. Um right. I I I don't think that Tory Craig is necessarily a dumb defender, but he's an inexperienced NBA defender. Um the things you can get away right. with in the Australian Basketball League, you cannot do in the NBA. Or in the G League. Yeah, or in the G League, where, where he is obviously, he's head and shoulders better than most of the guys in the G League as far as defensive capabilities. And even, you know, his offensive skills in the G League, nobody has the defensive acumen to really make it hard on him. He right. was, he demolished the G League. Um, he's a good right. player, but he, he can't, he does not know where to be. He, his positioning is not correct. Um, and I'm hoping that as he gets experience, he will get better at that. But that's the thing that Paul Millsap is amazing at, uh, being in the right place at the right time, knowing to take two steps to his right, you know, in order to shut down two different drivers. Like, he's he is right. a really good instinctual defender, and I would consider Torrey Craig to be a good effort on ball defender. Those are two very different skill sets. Yeah, absolutely, and and Gary Harris has been kind of uh, was the guy who we've seen evolving from being an effort on ball defender to uh, an instinctual defender. Right, he was yes, starting that right. that part of the game was starting to slow down for him, and, and he was uh, he was a really big part, I think, of this of this defensive resurgence. I mean, obviously Millsap has been the main catalyst, but I think Gary Harris was a big part of it as well. So losing him, I mean, we saw it, we saw it against Charlotte, right? Because it wasn't just Torrey Craig. I mean. 
They the Nuggets pretty much could not whether it was nobody uh, Kimball Walker whether it was Malik Monk whether it was Tony Parker I mean they had zero ability to stop those guys those guys is it just because those guys are all quick guards I mean and now that they've got the Gary Harris is out and if Torrey Craig's not playing his best they've just got nobody with the lateral quickness to keep up with those types of guards uh, yeah it is um, I mean Monte Morris is is fast on his feet um, but he normally runs beside somebody. Um, he'll pace someone around the basket rather than trying to move to stop drives and, and such. That's not yet his game. Um, and he's right. so short, you just shoot over him. Like, I, he, I, he's not short. I, his wingspan is not um, immense. He's not going to be a threat to a guy who can do a step-back shot or who can step around him. Like Tony Parker did right there at, yes, the, uh, at the end of the game. Exactly. That's Those are the issues that he's always going to have because he is, he's not Ty Lawson size, but he has the same sort of build um, in terms of arm length versus body length that um, Ty Lawson had, and you've got to be able to um, threaten a guy with a block or a, or anything. And that, that's not his game. He has He's positionally good. Yeah. Um, and he tries to get his body between you and and the basket, but nobody stopped Tony Parker. Like that was nope. that was one of the it was vintage Tony. Parker. It, yeah, he he kind of rolled back the clock about five years, and as everyone right. is like is wont to do against the Nuggets from time to time, um, it was one of the frustrating games that where you really point out Denver's guard defense deficiencies. Those quick guards. Yep. I don't yep. care if it's Damian Lillard. I don't care if it's Kemba Walker. I don't care which of these guys it is. Denver has trouble staying in front of those guys when they want to drive the hoop. Um, and Tony Parker just decided, I have no fear of anyone in the middle of Denver's defense, and I'm going to attack the hoop. And he did. He completely yeah. obliterated the hoop. I think, And I think what helped really helped Tony Parker, too, is because he's coming off the bench. Uh, Millsaps out right, and uh, they don't have that's the, I think the biggest deterrent uh, for these smaller or for these guards to get into the lane when they're playing the Nuggets. The biggest deterrent isn't like this big rim protector. Uh, it's Millsap and, and just the, the brick wall that he is, and he's got such strong hands, uh, and he's so good. Like we were talking about uh, with his instincts, that you know he can rip. He rip a lot of times if if the the dribble penetration gets past the guards at the perimeter. Millsap's there to kind of rip it away or at least get his hands in there, make it a difficult difficult shot. That Parker had obviously didn't have to face him a lot because he he uh, got him when he was on the bench in that first and second quarter. And then Millsap goes out with a toe injury in the third and, and doesn't come back. Right. And so even when Parker's in down there in crunch time, there's – you know, there was no one there to stop well, him. And, and Kim Walker, I mean, too. I mean, Kim Walker really took Wiles off didn't have half. a good day, man. Like, that, it wasn't a good game no, for him. Yeah. Wancho still has trouble. Um, <laughs> first step quickness. Um, his mm-hmm. reaction, he's he gets blown by a lot because his first step just isn't there. Um, he's not yeah. slow. He's a very quick guy. Uh, he runs the floor well. Uh, but he his first step quickness when someone's trying to drive him is not good. And so when Wiles has a bad game and Wancho has a bad game, and that those are your two guys with length who have a chance to challenge with, with blocks or altering shots. And if they're if they're not on and Millsaps out of the game with that, um, whatever that foot injury winds up being, that creates a lot of problems for Denver because it, Plumlee is is a big strong ox, but I would not consider him to be a shot blocker. Jokic is not a shot blocker. You know, it's it's just a it's right. something that Denver doesn't have. Paul Millsap stops people from getting to the rim by putting his body in the way. Uh, and right. they, they don't really have a lot of other guys that can or will do that. Not, not, not healthy yeah, ones anyway. It's, like, I'm, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Michael Porter Jr. and Jared Vanderbilt in about a month. But, you know, right. until we find out whether they can, you know, how much ball they're actually going to play at the NBA level this year, uh, it's just going to be a deficiency on the squad this year is length at the rim and, you know, uh, deterrence for fast guards who uh, don't get stopped by the first level of defense. Well, it, it's it's starting to begin to come a, a concern, right? Because the Nuggets have kind of been dealing with an injury bug pretty much all yeah. season long. But they've been able to overcome. I mean, Will Barton went out, and that was 
that was crappy, but they, they got Juancho Hernan Gomez really stepped up and has played well in his absence. IT hasn't been ready to go this year, but Monty Morris has stepped up uh, and played in his absence. But you're getting to the point now where you're having some injuries occur. A, those guys aren't back yet still. Uh, but B, you're also getting some injuries to some really key players. First, you lose Gary Harris, and we talked about how big of an impact we're already seeing that happen. Now you have Paul Millsap go down with a toe injury, and how you know we know how vital he is with uh, to this team's defense, especially. I mean, do they ha- do the Nuggets still have the depth to overcome this now? If Millsap's going to be out uh, for you know who knows, uh, maybe it's a game, maybe it's a week or whatever. But at what point, Gordon, do you start to say, okay, they 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 depth aside this is starting to get really concerning because they're having uh just numerous injuries well it would change the way the denver plays uh there are certain issues that they're having with their guard play because you're down will barton who is a swing man but you know he plays small forward right now for denver right. but is also a guard for them uh, especially a ball right. handling like he's a he, he could be a, a potentially elite guard at times and you you lost gary harris who does all the same stuff you know, you you're running into uh, your duplicate pieces are starting to fall, and that's that's really an issue. Now, Denver shot something like eight for thirty four against the Hornets from three. Like, if they had hit their normal percentage of free three pointers, then they this game would not have been an issue, and you know they could have escaped without playing the kind of defense that Millsap helps them play. So I don't know that necessarily it will cause them huge losses but it will change the way that Denver plays the game if if they wind up losing their on-ball defenders like Gary Harris and their um paint defenders like Paul Millsap then yeah they're going to have to start just throw out scoring guys again it's those are the changes right. you'd have to make on the fly but it requires your guys to hit their their deep shots and right today that just didn't happen Right, and the thing is, also when you when you take Gary Harris and Paul Millsap out of the equation too, those guys have also pretty been pretty big in the offense uh, uh, at yeah. least lately, especially with Millsap. You know, so now you're you down that, and now you're kind of looking at okay. I mean, you know, Trey Lyles, the Millsap one is really concerning because Trey Lyles has not played well uh, so far this season either. For a guy who had a lot of hype coming into the year as being looking really good, yeah. and really improved, he really just hasn't you know hasn't put that together. But you don't. Ha- it's funny. The Nuggets were so deep at power forward for so long, but now you don't really have a ton of that depth because you already got Juancho Hernan Gomez uh, kind of filling in on your as your small forward. If you take Millsap out of the equation, well, now you're looking at Trey Lyles, who, like we said, has kind of been struggling. I mean, do you do you maybe turn? Do you have to start to turn to like to a guy like Tyler Lydon now and look to get minutes from him? Because you do not. honestly, if Millsap's out for a long time, I mean, well, so who's your backup power forward then? If uh, if Millsap's out for an extended period of time, no, I understand. It's mostly you're going to wind up running some small three-guard lineups. Um, and, right. And it's going to cause some issues because you're going to wind up with, like, Beasley playing small forward. And the dude's 6'4". He's not a small forward. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, those are going to be your issues. Where you have Monte Morris, who is the point guard. He's not a big point guard, but luckily there aren't a lot of big point guards. It's not like the league is full of Ben Simmonses. You know, it, it, right. most of the guys who give Denver trouble Simmons are... are Six foot, six one, you know those are the guys who kill Denver all the time. So putting Monte Morris out there at six two isn't going to hurt anything. Um, but you wind up then shifting Jamal Murray to the two, Malik Beasley to the three, and now you've got a really, really small um, wing and and guard section, um, and you're trying to make it up again. It's going to hurt you defensively. If Denver is losing uh, all of these pieces that that are key, and again, they don't have anyone to replace Millsap. They're a deep team, but there is no one with Millsap's skill set. Like, you can say if Wiles goes down, you have Wancho, and if Barton goes down, you have Harris. Or Lydon. You know, yeah. And Beasley. Yeah, you've you've got backup guys for those kind of positions, and Denver's already utilizing those. But what you don't have is anybody on the team who can do what Millsap does. Uh, and so, as always, there are there are two positions that Denver really can't lose, and one of them is obviously Jokic, but the other one is Millsap. And last year, they they made it through uh, the Millsap injury without horrible horrible chaos, but it still cost them the playoffs. You know, they cannot go right. without Millsap for a long stretch of time, not without the rest of their guys back. Right. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and we saw we saw last year, like you said. I mean, they made it they made it through. But um, what we've seen this year is is when you've got a healthy and integrated Millsap, it makes just a massive, massive difference and takes this team to another level. So now, yes. if, if he's going to be out for uh, a long time, that's uh, it's going to be tough to. Overcome. And we don't know that yet. Hopefully, like we don't we don't know what it is. Nobody said yet how serious it is. But you always worry about foot injuries with big men. It takes a second for them to get back on their feet normally. Right, right. Hopefully it's nothing too serious and, uh, you know, he bounces right back. I would expect uh, he probably does not. Tape it up and get out there. That's what I'm saying. There you go. There you go. All right, we'll tell you what. We will let Mr. Mr. Gross get out of here. But, Gordon, we uh, we appreciate you checking in with us. And, uh, as always, make sure everybody's following you over at Twitter, at GMoneyNugs. So, thank you very much. Sir. Appreciate it. All right, well, so let's wrap up the week. We are going to bring on our next guest. It seems like, man, we so we we, we, we took a bit of a a bit of a break now that we're we uh or we didn't come back until Tuesday Tuesday morning. Obviously, is when the show's airing, so we didn't come back to uh, to record until Monday night. It seems like so much has happened since we talked to Mr. Gordon Gross, but we have with us now to break down everything that's happened uh, out in Los Angeles. It is Mr. Mike Olson. Mike, what's up? Hey, Mr. Mikosh, how are you, my friend? I am. Uh, I'm doing well. We uh, we get to at least get to do this show after a win. Thank God. Uh, which is, you know, <laughs> ooh, <we could> have, <laughs> a three game a three game losing streak would have been well tough, but I think probably understandable, right? Given given everything that's going on, the the walking uh, wounded, as it were. Yeah, we've we've uh, we've got a lot of bodies on the sidelines. No doubt. You know, when you think about it, so Isaiah Thomas. Uh, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Michael Porter Jr., Paul Millsap, that that group of five, like that's that's fair. That that's a team that probably competes for for home court advantage <laughs> in the first round in the Eastern Conference. I was gonna right? say that's a that's a starting five right there, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's right. Good stuff. Right, a pretty a pretty good one though at that. So it's um yeah, I mean it's kind of crazy, and I guess so. You when you go back to since the last time we were we were talking when we were talking with Gordon, that was pre Atlanta, so that's the first. Kind of the first game there in this next group that they they lost they the back to back of course they they lost the game to sh- to Charlotte and then uh, the next night they fly into Atlanta to close out the road trip lose that one as well got off to a got off to a pretty good start but um, faded late especially in the third quarter I think they really let that one slip away from it Mike I mean so you start out three and zero on the road trip you get wins against Portland and Toronto. Um, you're you're kind of riding high. Yes, you these injuries are starting to stack up. Obviously, they uh, you had the injury against Paul Millsap gets hurt against the Charlotte, um, Gary Harris against Toronto, but you everything's going well, and then you drop back to back games against Charlotte, who's an okay team, and then Atlanta, who's one of the worst teams in the uh, uh, in the NBA. Do you? I mean, does it does it ruin the road trip for you, or do you still can you still take that it was a positive? Hey, you still had a winning record on the road trip. You still got the big wins against Toronto and Portland. But don't you feel like there's there's an opportunity lost because they couldn't, especially the game against Atlanta, they couldn't get that win. You know, I think um, I, for me, no. And and I think the other thing that we didn't really talk about there um, is you know they spent most of that Atlanta game with either without or with a pretty. Uh, gimpy Jamal Murray as well. And, and so you, I mean, by the time you're in the, you know, second, third, fourth quarter of, of that Atlanta game, you're literally playing with one of your five original starters um, able to really go right. And, and, you know, Jamal really gutted it out tonight against, against Memphis, but um, man, I mean, we are, we've, we've been hurt a lot. And, and so, you know, it doesn't really ruin the road trip for me, Zach, because I think, a lot of folks that I had chatted with about this would have been thrilled. Uh, you know, a few folks were thrilled with a two and three idea. And so three and two, I think most people were pretty excited about. It's just when you take those first three and you really get through the meat of those and you're thinking, man, we could, we could, add, this could be one of the great road trips like in Nuggets history, right? A five and a road trip is, is easily within right. our grasp. And, and, and that Charlotte game kind of, kind of slips away you know I think I think we'd have been a lot better off with with uh, a few of the guys who were hurt out there to give us a hand but still um, you know you just you just couldn't get enough scoring going there at the end to to really make that happen and then man just you could tell when those guys hit Atlanta they were just 
out of gas. I mean, they right. that that first quarter they looked pretty decent, and and from there, it was it was on fumes. But but what about for you? I mean, did did it ruin it for you? What do you think? A little bit because it's Atlanta. Like, <laughs> it, you know, if you uh, if it had been a team like a Charlotte or an Orlando who they they had it took overtime to win, uh, you know, you lose to one of those kind of mediocre five hundred teams. It, okay. Uh, but Atlanta's what I mean. They, they, that's what their fifth win of the season, sixth win of the season, something yeah, like that. I mean, they're terrible. That's pretty tough. So that's a, that's the hard part. Hard part. I get it. I, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. You're coming. You're coming at the end of a five game road trip. You've taken. Uh, you've taken some lumps, right? You just you found out that you've lost Gary Harris for an extended period of time. Um, you then, you know, obviously the the announcement hadn't been made about Paul Millsap yet, but but he knew. You could tell he knew. Uh, right when he got off the court, he was the way he was pointing to his toe, uh, with the trainer. So you, you know they they had to have known that was that he was probably going to be out for a while because he had just broken his toe. You 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 played the night before. I mean, there's a ton of stuff that was, uh, that was piling up on them physically and mentally, uh, that you could see that 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 it finally just got to him. But you gotta find it to me. You gotta find that way to get that win because a four and one road trip is still a great road trip, especially when you get wins against Toronto and Portland. Um, a three and two road trip is, you know, to me it was kind of like the minimum, right? Because you you had three teams you should beat on the road and two teams you probably shouldn't. Uh, so you at least should had to do that to take care of business. Um, when you get three out of the gate. Man, it's right like like you said, it's right there in front of your grasp uh, to have one of the great road trips in in franchise history. Instead, they can't get it done. So it is it it, it doesn't ruin. I guess said I mean, there's still the the wins still count all the same, um, and and you're 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 still uh, doing well overall. So it doesn't ruin the road trip, but it certainly I think it certainly takes the uh, takes the shine off of it. There's this there's this cool there's this cool study that basically talks about the fact that everybody um, everybody looks forward to Fridays most out of the whole day of the week, and everybody dreads Sundays the most out of the day of the week, and it's because we all tend to uh, look forward instead of looking back. And I think, I think uh, you know the a lot of a lot of Nuggets fans I know I was one of them. You know you get those first three wins and and suddenly you you see it. I mean you see those last two games are very achievable and you're like. Oh, this is this is good. This is happening, and we're already in first. And I'm pretty I'm pretty psyched. And 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 you know, Charlotte was a letdown, but you could see where it came from. I I hear right. you. I mean, Atlanta was definitely that was that was tough to watch. I I I definitely was was pacing a fair bit watching that one go down. You're right. It um yeah I mean it like like we said it was uh understandable but but disappointing. Yeah, uh, it is what it is. We're gonna move on, though, because that's <laughs> that's enough, uh, enough yeah. negativity. It's exactly. All, it's all positive from here on out. And, and the first the first thing I want to get to uh, that happened earlier in the day today, um, <laughs> Nick Young, Swaggy P, Swaggy P. He is, he is the newest Denver Nugget signed with the injury hardship uh, exception. So he'll he'll be a nugget. Well, like we said, with the with the injuries to Gary Harris and Paul Millsap, you know, provided so how it works is you got to have at least four players who are out for who have been out for at least two weeks. Essentially, uh, there's a little fine print in there as well. But um, so you've got you've got right now that's been the case with uh, with Will Barton, Isaiah Thomas, Michael Porter Jr., Jared Vanderbilt. Right, those are your four. Well, so Will Barton is supposed to be getting close. So the thing is, Gary Harris will be out officially two weeks. I think next, uh, maybe next Monday, next Tuesday, whatever that game is. I think that's right. Yeah, I think it's Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So then, um, even if Will Barton comes back, they still can hang on to uh, Swaggy P because (laughs) uh, because Gary Harris. And then, of course, the following week after that, Paul Millsap would qualify. So, So even if Isaiah Thomas comes back. Well, you still would have Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Michael Porter Jr., and Jared Vanderbilt. So the thing is, is even though he's on this uh, injured player uh, kind of exemption, if you will, there's there's a chance. I mean, he could be with the Nuggets for the. I mean, really a, a while until either Gary or or Paul Millsap comes back because they don't really the Nuggets aren't in any rush to bring back Jared Vanderbilt and Michael Porter Jr. They right. can continue to keep those guys out. Yeah. And and to keep the roster spot open, 
you know, there's no, there's no, and, and to just let them rehab. So, I mean, I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Mike? Is are we gonna? Do you think that Nick Young's actually gonna get, be a part of this team? Is he gonna get some some minutes? Is he, or is he just just a last guy on the bench sort of emergency kind of scenario? Um, you know, I that's a great question, Zach. I I think um, I think from my perspective, if I had heard that Nick Young was coming to the Nuggets via any other method via the, but but the injury exception, I, I'd have. I'd have probably you'd have heard me scream no clear from from Denver, uh, basically. But because <laughs> I'm not, I, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan. I definitely, I mean, he he certainly can light it up um, when he gets hot. Um, but I think it was not even last season. I think it was the season before was the first time in his career, and I'll have to go back and look um, that his offensive rating actually outpaced his defensive rating. I mean, he just. He, he's 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 a fun offensive player to watch when he gets hot, but he, he's definitely um, more of a liability than most. But but here's the right. three here's the three things I like about the fact that they did this because you know obviously there wasn't just a ton of um, amazing scoring and defending defending guards just hanging around out there waiting for us to give them a call. Right. Um, but so 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 Nick can definitely light it up and and you can see in the last few games the Nuggets are definitely hurting a bit for some scoring um so I think he helps them there um they definitely in this time of need could probably use um a little bit more swagger than than they typically carry just to get them through some stuff he definitely is that guy and and you know what uh right no matter what uh guy Jen's Jen's got a ring at this point in his career so um you know he he spent a season very recently seeing how to do it right. Um, I, I think that we couldn't have done much better under the circumstances. What about for you? Are you are you excited? Are you scared? What do you think? Um, well, you know, I don't know if I, the thing is is how much is he actually going to play, right? How much is he actually going to see minutes? Uh, I don't know. You hope. I think you hope that he doesn't see very not, many minutes not at many. all, right? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean that's. That's the not. That's even though you're you're starting to get thin. That's not the. That is not ideal to have Nick Young, a guy who's not been playing um, at all this season, hasn't been on a team of any kind. So I I, I hope they don't. He's really just a a into the bench body. And but I mean, if he if he is, then I don't know. I don't. I'm not. You wonder like why? So why Nick Young, right? Like if you're not bringing him for his on-court production yeah you're bringing him for his off-court production <laughs> yeah no yeah no uh, he, he he doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like the bench contributor that way uh i don't know it's a great question um i i agree with you i hope we don't see a ton of time from him but um i i wouldn't be surprised if you know if none of our guys can find the bottom of the bucket uh, wouldn't be surprised if Malone doesn't at least throw him out there once or twice just to see if he can, you know, get a fire started at least. Right. I mean, here the the thing about that that I see the the thing that makes sense, I guess, to me is is he is your injury uh, insurance to to essentially your wings because if you lose any of Wancho, Malik, or or Jamal Murray um, before you get back a Will Barton. Right. Or, or even an Isaiah Thomas. I mean, you you have pretty much no scoring on your wings. Like you're gonna have to run rotations where you're gonna have, you know, Monty Morris and Tory Craig and uh, maybe one of those guys or something like that. Or you're running Trey Lyles out as a small forward. I mean, it's gonna start to get really weird because you don't have uh, you you you're pretty much at your your limit in your rotation right now of. Uh, of wings you just don't have any more to go to after those other guys i mean you could call up devon and purcell i guess is, yeah. that's it so if that if your choice is him or nick young like uh, you probably would go nick young there right i mean he did play he played in listen he, i mean he played 80 games last season even for he was about 17 minutes a game so he you know i mean he wasn't he wasn't flashy he shot 37 percent from three but he you know so he's he, he was, was a okay. He was a contributor yeah, to a chance. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you you take it. I think you 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 let him be here, and 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 you you have that in your back pocket just in case. Um, you hope you don't need to use him, and 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 the rest of it, I think you know, 
understanding that he's not here. He's obviously not going to be here that long um, because he's, you know, he's on that injury exception. The Nuggets are not going to release a uh, a player um, to to keep Nick Young on on the roster once they that exception goes away. They'll uh, they'll obviously have to release him. So uh, yeah. for right now, sure, it's fine. Yeah, I guess I guess where I'm at with it. Kind of, kind of where I'm at. I'm not sure who else you would have brought in that would have done you any better. Um, but, but it still, sure is a, it's a, it's a clear marker of just how quickly um, everybody started to fall. You know, I mean, it just, I, I can, I cannot believe how fast the injury bug uh, bit and and how long it's been uh, hanging on for this Nuggets team. I, Vic. Vic had a uh, for, from altitude had a, a stat tonight about how few games um, Paul Millsap had missed in his career until he came to the Nuggets, and it's like, great, that's that that was that was just the stat I was hoping to to hear, you know? Right, right, yeah, exactly. It's all been roses until he came here. Yep. Awesome. Um, well, that was a that was a freak injury with Paul Millsap. No, I uh, I'm with you though. Like you said, I, I who else? I mean, they're obviously neither of us are G League uh, scouts or anything like that, so we don't know potentially who's who's out there. I don't even know how that. I guess that works. You could you if a guy's not on a if he's on another team's G League team, but he's not on a contract thing, a two way or whatever, then I'm sure you can still sign him. Um, I guess you know I I I'll say this I know there's at least judging by the judging by the downloads we get on this podcast every uh every week there's at least about eight of you out there who are saying <laughs> we should go out and sign uh we should go out and sign Jimmer Fredette and um let me tell you to those eight uh if they're not doing that no that is not going to be that is not the better player for them I don't care how many points he scored in the Chinese league nope. last week we 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 <laughs> we, we picked the P is what we did so. That's right. Yep. That's right. All right. <clears throat> we spent enough time. We probably spent more time talking about Nick Young uh, than he'll hopefully play for the <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, tell you what. Here's what we'll do. Let's go ahead. Let's let's take a quick break. Uh, and then we come back. We will we'll wrap up the the look back uh, with that Memphis game, and then we will talk about the upcoming week uh, just real shortly. We've got just two more games to go, so we will take a break and be right back. been there when the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest that's when disaster strikes the last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business maybe your light suddenly won't turn on or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service change before you can close out on a property you're selling heck maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit whatever your need may be give Sun Electrical a call They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I'm Zach Kikash. We're here with Mike Olson. We're both with DenverStiffs.com. It is Nicole Jokic Week. We, there's so much that's happened. We haven't even had time to talk about uh, Nicole Jokic Week. Michael, real quick, your your favorite Jokic moment? Oh man, um, God, so many. I think I think there's a there's a pass that he threw um, last year to Wancho along the baseline when he had his back to him that he actually had to. 
um, put put some English on to spin it around the guy that he was passing it around to Wancho. That is still one of those passes that I still I every time I watch it, my my brain kind of seizes up because I just can't accept that that actually happened. But I right. he's I mean he's he's a highlight machine, man. I I I could give you twenty that would be really close comparisons to that. What about for you? I'm I'm excited we're doing this this week. What what's your favorite I, Jokic moment? The thing is, so I think of the one that you mentioned, I, I want to say that was against Milwaukee, but I know exactly which one you're saying too. Because the other thing was like he had what he had maybe a a half inch of space between the the baseline, oh. um, when he threw because it was a bounce pass, right? Yeah. What a behind the back, yeah. Uh, no look behind the back bounce pass, <laughs> and then right down the baseline. I mean, that was he couldn't have been he couldn't have put it as closer to being out of bounds than he did. That one was great. My my favorite is still what the one it's a couple years ago uh, against Sacramento when he gets Jamal Jamal Murray cutting behind him and he just flips the ball it doesn't even look just oh, flips it over his shoulder yeah. uh and it just perfectly right into jamal's hands yeah uh, just because that was the thing i mean that i remember seeing this all the way back in the summer league with Jokic. Uh, he's very very for sure the thing about him that you always noticed is he wasn't putting it wasn't always that he had like a ton of zip on his passes they weren't even back then they weren't even nearly as flashy as they are now but he always 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 put it like exactly where it needed to be uh, every time to, for the guy to just catch it right in stride, wide open uh, for for the basket. And so that one against Sacramento when he did, I mean, to, for him to be able to do that without even looking, uh, just I think goes to show how talented how talented he is. You know that one that, that was just about a couple games ago where he did the he passed the cross basically cross court to to oh, Wancho in the corner. Unbelievable. And he, he never looked at Wancho like yeah. the entire play. Yeah, unbelievable. Uh, um, I, you know, I think, I think the funny thing to me about him is you look at that pass that came close to the end of the game. One of the, one of the closing plays of the game tonight against Memphis that he, uh, he dropped that ball in for Jamal right under the hoop and Jamal basically reversed it under for the layup. Yep. That, that pass was insane. And that's probably like number 500 on the list of, of, you know, Jokic highlight plays right uh, and 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 that pass right. was crazy and over the course of coming up on four seasons now we've gotten so used to this now we just go oh that was pretty cool i that was that was amazing and and this is right. that's just who he is that's the guy we got that's i guess that's why it's Jokic week so right yeah exactly you know that 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 pass is a perfect example of it where he just i mean there's nothing incredibly incredibly flashy about it no but it was just the only place it the, could the window, yeah, yeah, the window he fits that thing into is, uh, is just insane, and that's and that's just just what he does, or one of the many things he does. He was uh, he a good game all all around really for Jokic, um, there against the uh, what it was against against Memphis there. I think he had a he had a pretty good night, um, shooting the ball. He the, and that's really I think what the Nuggets kind of are gonna need out of him. Is the they're gonna need him to be more of a scorer when you don't have Gary Harris, you don't have Will Barton, you don't have Paul Millsap. That's a lot of points that are not not going uh, out onto the court every night. So they really kind of need him to step up. He gets 27 and 12, six assists on the way, two steals as well. Um, kind of was really the guiding the guiding force to that win, especially uh, especially late, as you said there, Mike. I mean. Is this is this just pretty much how they're gonna Nuggets have to get wins for right now? Is it is it pretty much just uh, Jokic, Jokic or bust? I mean, because they've won a lot of games this year with that team effort. You know, I I, I think so, Zach. But I'd I'd also tell you that pretty much in my mind's eye, from the second Will Barton went down, um, we've been winning games any way we could figure out how to win them, and and that's what's actually really excited me about this year. And I was. I was really excited about tonight because I I keep thinking you know we've we've lost these last two games because we finally it's just too much you know Millsap gone Harris gone Jamal hurt it's it's just too much it's more than anybody should should you know have to try to endure and you know and yet again um, the team comes through they find a way to win um, Jokic has a great night I totally agree with you that he needs to you know, focus more on, on scoring production while he's got so many of his, you know, bedrock folks uh, for that type of stuff away. But, you know, if there's any silver lining in all of this, because he really hasn't been looking to score all season long that, you know, if, if we can, if we can kind of get him a little bit off the schneid in that direction, 
um, over the course of the time that these guys are gone and it just maintain a decent record at least during that time frame you know when we get everybody back in the fold if we've got him you know looking to score a little bit that only opens up the game more for him and the rest of the team from a, a distribution and scoring perspective as well so you know I, right. I I hate what's what's going on from an injury perspective but this might be a great way to get him to to start pushing through whatever it is that kicked off his season uh, so slowly you know right yeah no that's uh I think that's a great point in that um, uh, and I was thinking the same thing is is you're right now it's it's going to it's going to force him to be more aggressive because uh, he's basically he's like like I said he's 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 now options one two and three. Uh, well, I guess when I mean, you still you you have Jamal Murray right, so you still have that. But the what we've seen too is the best way for Murray to score seems like to run that two man game um, with Jokic. So that's that he's gonna be you know involved with that and and then pretty much uh, he's like I said he's gonna be your your next options as well because he's. He's really the only him and Murray are the only consistent scoring for factors that you have out there in your starting lineup and even off the bench now you don't really have I mean you know Trey Lyles hasn't been um, hasn't been as what we've expected this this season Malik Beasley has had some moments but uh, has a, not a guy you could say is a reliable every night in kind of scoring threat same with Monty Morris does a lot of obviously does a lot of great stuff about taking care of the basketball and was was great in that Memphis game but. Um, you know, that's we've also seen that sometimes he won't have the best nights as well, and you can't obviously rely on Monty Morris uh, to be your offense. So, it, this is this could be, I guess, the silver lining is that they're gonna they're gonna have to kind of ride or die with Jokic for at least the next couple of weeks, and if they can figure it out, and if they can if they can you know stay afloat and and win games with that, then when he starts to get people back, man, watch out because he's already gonna he's gonna be in his groove. Uh, and then be getting all these weapons around him. It's just going to make it that much easier. You know, it's it's funny you say that. Um, Scott Hastings had mentioned with, with just a couple minutes left in the game tonight when Memphis was, uh, I believe, either back up or had just tied it back up, um, that, you know, they'd hit the time that uh, Mike Conley and, and uh, Mark Gasol basically were going to take over and go to work that way and that, that we had a couple of young guys who, in you know, in... in Jokic and Murray, who are you know still the starters left on the court, who um, have also discovered that and need to figure out for themselves that it's time to go to that. And and although they had not, I think the three or four plays prior to that, literally as as he said it, um, I, you know our last three, I believe our last three plays down the court, it was pretty much exactly that the the, the two man game with those two, and and it really. You know, made a, made an awfully big difference in in how that game closed out, and I hope those two uh, tend to lean into that a little bit harder, because we've we've needed a closer. Maybe it's not a closer. Maybe it's maybe it's them, right? So that makes sense. Right. Yeah, it's real. It's a real nice pick your poison because they can do the fact that Jokic is so good at both. You know, he can roll to the basket or he can pop. Uh, the fact that that Murray can drive, that he can, uh, you know, he, if if you go under the screen, he can. Uh, obviously, shoot the three ball. There, they've got so many different angles that they can go go to on that two man game with them. That it's um, as we've seen, also the give and go is really well. So I mean, they they, they can uh, they're they're just just really really tough to defend, and and they've got so many different options um, that they can they can really if one thing's not working or if the defense takes one thing away from them, they can just move to another side. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see too because the other thing about it is man Murray, he I. I mean, there's, I mean, uh, he's, there's probably, I don't know of another guy I can think is probably tougher uh, than Jamal Murray when it comes to injuries and fighting through him and playing. Uh, but I thought, man, he got, he got pretty much just, just a uh, shoulder Laid right to the solar out. plexus. Laid out. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just. And he's still, he's still going. I mean, I, how much more do you think he, that Jamal can take? I, um. I wonder how many games of his Nuggets career Jamal Murray has played injury-free, frankly. Um, right. You, you, you know that basically that rookie season, he, he played pretty much the whole year on a double sports hernia and, and had a few things go uh, awry last year. And, and, you know, statistically, that makes me wonder if he's, if he's pushing his body in ways that he ought not or something like that. But, but 
in the, in the face of all of that, because we we do have so many folks injured, you know, um, he you you could tell how much he was hurting in, in the Atlanta game when he got his uh, shin kicked out from under him, and he still looks pretty stiff and sore on that leg. And then and yeah, he took him a while to get up tonight out of that, and I still am not sure, yeah. frankly, how the refs um, ended up missing that, but. But they did, and and uh, you know he didn't he didn't get up and jaw about it. He got back up and got back into the plays and uh, finished the game out. And um, I you know I don't know how he was seeing after that. It was it was pretty rough. Right, right. He's gonna be yeah, he's gonna be hurting tomorrow uh, for sure. They have a big old bruise right there, and it's a big shoulder sized bruise. Yeah. Uh, in case the refs were wondering whether or not that was a foul. Um, <laughs> All right, tell you what, let's 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 go ahead. Let's move. Let's move on now and look forward to these last two games here uh, to close out the show. So the Nuggets, they're on now. Back on the homestand. It's funny they're on that, that road trip all all last week and, and a little bit of the week before. Now they're back in uh, back in Denver for four straight. Got that win, of course, in Memphis, like we were just talking about. Now they've got three more teams. Surprisingly, I believe right now would be three uh, three. Uh, playoff teams if i'm remembering yeah. i believe dallas is yep. would is in the top eight right now so um who do they have next upcoming i think what it goes oklahoma city then toronto um and then finally uh they, they'll close it out next week uh with with uh the mavericks. the mavericks we'll get into that we'll get into that next week though on next week's show so uh we got time we'll just talk about the first two so i guess uh, if you're looking at these two teams both teams uh denver has beaten in their house uh, both both teams they bought, beat by a pretty good by or against pretty good odds. If you remember that Oklahoma City game was on a back to back, and they were able to get that victory, and then of course Toronto just going all the way up there, flying from Portland to Toronto. Thank you NBA schedule makers for that one, and they got that win. I'm Mike. If you're looking at these two right now, though, which knowing now all the injuries, obviously Denver not nearly as as potent as they were when we even won just a week ago when they played Toronto. Um, which one worries you more? Which one do you think they're going to have a harder time beating? Man, I that's a that's one of those do you do you prefer the the poison or the noose type of questions? Um, honestly, they're they're both really good teams, and they're both really good teams that we beat at their place. Uh, really proud teams that are going to be coming in uh, looking for some payback against a team that is definitely um, you know uh, undermanned. Right at the moment, so um, they're they're going to bring everything they've got. Um, I think you know the Nuggets in both of these games are going to have to um, press the issue, if only to get either or both of these teams tired by the fourth quarter to give themselves a, a crack at this. Um, but out of the two, I suppose Zach, if I if I had to choose, um, which one scares me the worst? Uh, as 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 much as I'm dreading. Uh, what we see next out of Toronto, man, OKC is hot, hot, hot right now. And, mm-hmm. and man, Russ just loves to come into the Pepsi Center and, and screw with our day. And, and between uh, this, this recent win there and a Gary Harris shot I remember quite fondly from last season, I'm sure he's got a couple things on his mind. So um, they, they, uh, they right. worry me this trip. What about for you? Which of the two is giving you more heartburn? No, I'm with you. I would I would say OKC, which is funny because I think Toronto is the better team. But I think agree. Uh, either either team. It's funny is I, both teams have some uh, decent decent people to throw at Jokic, but neither one of them ever seems to have. I don't I don't think is going to have much success there. So I think either either team you you're looking at Jokic as as your key, and I think he's got a good chance to be effective against either one of them. But like you said, I mean, hey, Westbrook, I think I'll have something to prove, especially because he really one of the the storylines out of the last game was that Tory Craig, in particular, uh, really kind of shut him down. And if you remember, Tory Craig had been benched for for Wancho and, right. and was out of the rotation. And then that game, Gary Harris was out, and so they brought back Tory Craig, and he had a really great game. Yeah, um, it, it didn't score a ton, but it was great on Russell Westbrook. So I think Westbrook will have something to prove there too. And they just they, Paul George is one of those guys who the Nuggets just really, really struggle with. I mean, they're gonna. Well, Kawhi he's Leonard's rocking hot right too. now too. I mean, he's right. He's coming in super hot. So yeah, right. They're they're. I mean, both both teams are tough, but I yeah I would go, 
I, I would go Oklahoma City for sure. I think they're just uh, and, and right now that they, they they have now they're now the uh, best team in the West. They've claimed that through, and I guess technically the Nuggets are tied with them uh, in Golden State by um, yeah, I don't know they were eighteen and nine versus seventeen and eight, but percentage points wise, Oklahoma City would be the best. So they're and like you said, they're they're red hot, just as hot as the Nuggets have been. So it's gonna be a uh, going to be an absolute challenge for them. The the Toronto Raptors are actually uh, struggling a little bit, um, lo- losing two in a row. So, yeah, yeah, I would, uh, yeah, I would put my money. I would, or I would, I would put my fear, I guess, uh, in OKC. Um, okay, we'll, 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 Mike, let me ask you this, and then we'll get out of here on on these home stands. So you got both these teams; they're both really, really high quality opponents. But you're you're like I said, one tied right now for for the best team in the West. Um, you're you've been that basically the darling of the the early season of the first quarter of the season, especially in the Western Conference. Um, do you look at these two games upcoming, and even the Dallas one on the on the third one on these four? Are like uh, kind of like how we we're talking before, you get disappointed with the loss to Atlanta and it ruining the road trip. Do you look at losing these games to Oklahoma city or Toronto when you're at home, are those, are those now just automatic disappointments because you just feel like, you know what, we should be winning every game at home. You know, um, I, it's, it's funny. Um, I, I had not even considered this until, um, you, you'd thrown this question out. Um, and I, I love it. Um, I, I do. I still, as crazy as that sounds, um, I think we should still win our home games, period, with this team that we've got. And and I only say that because if if I told you they won both of those games at home, even with the guys that we have out, um, given what we've already seen out of what these guys can produce this season, would you be surprised? Um, you know, it's it's our house. We have to defend home court if we want to make it into the playoffs. Um, you know, nobody's going to be crying for us uh, now any more than a few of the teams that we've already met along the way had, you know, one of their stars down when we happened to stumble across them earlier in the season. So um, it's this is going to happen to somebody else along the way as we go. And and um, I really do think that if, if we play our best basketball, we can still beat either of these two teams with the guys that we can put on the floor. And, and so, yeah, I, I think we should beat them and I, I expect it, but I, I, I say that with some trepidation just because of how much we're hurt. What about you? Do you think we're, right. do, do you think we're still, should, should these be our games or have, have we just taken a little bit too much uh, damage? <laughs> no, we, we, it's the injuries are going to be the asterisk to anything, right? Because it's, you can't the team's down three starters plus uh, they're basically a guy who's supposed to be their sixth man uh, plus their first round draft pick. I mean there there's there's just way too much uh, that they they don't have right now. As we've been saying uh, throughout, uh, like we said, you know they, they could have a starting five. It could be a playoff team that is just the guys who aren't playing right now. Um, but there at the same time, the, the Nuggets have been really good on the road. So far this season, they've been one of the best teams uh, in the NBA when it comes to playing on the road. But that that you, you still, with that said, they're only two games over 500 on the road. So that's you can't expect to really be much better than 500 on the road unless you're you're one of the top teams in the in the NBA. Even even right now, Golden State uh, seven and seven away from home. So you you have to cash in your your home wins because. You know, you if you're only going to get 20 wins at um, a, away from your your home, then you need at least 30 uh, when you when you're in, at home, and you got probably want even more than that in this this tight Western Conference because every game you win above 50, you get could be a you know, one higher seed uh, in in the playoffs. So uh, you 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 want to have that expectation to win. It's going to be tough because, like we said, they've got they're they're just so injured. So it won't be surprising at all to see them drop. Uh, a game or two. I think it would be. It's actually. I think in this case, probably tall, tall expectations to say that they need to go four and zero on this homestand. Um, but but certainly, you want them to go three and one. I mean, you can't. You, you don't want to go five hundred uh, at home, no matter what the circumstances. That's just. Uh, that's just not the path to to getting home court advantage in the playoffs and so on and so forth. So, um, 
I would say, yeah, I would, I would, I would say I'm with you. I think the expectation should be to, to win these, both these next two games, and then, um, you know, if you drop one, then you certainly got to get the game against Dallas to to close it out. Yeah, I I think you're exactly right, and um, you know, I think that Dallas game is very winnable, um, and and so you you'd better at least split these next two, and and that's just going to require some really. Uh, strong play and hot performances from the guys that are still able to get out there, you know, and, and I'm, I'm happy to say that we've at least seen um, a number of those from the guys that are going to be playing. So uh, we'll, I, I, I don't feel hopeless about it. And that's, that's a good way to be going in, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's, uh, let's wrap up the show right there uh make sure you guys are following us all on twitter i'm at zach mikosh mike is at visible mike uh gordon is at g money nugs also at denver stiffs at pickaxe pundits make sure you are over on instagram following us there at the denver stiffs giving us a follow and a like on facebook and subscribing to both our youtube channel (laughs) as well as on uh this podcast network on itunes uh stitcher Wherever I, I, I we're those are the only two places I know people. We're everywhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. If you wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. If you can't, let me know, uh, and I'll go yell at someone at corporate because that's what I do. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All righty, Mike. Well, I tell you what, sir. It's as always a pleasure to have you on. And, Thanks, buddy. Um, always fun. Great stuff. Yeah, you too. Go well. Nuggets. All right, everybody. Well, we will talk to you next week. Listen, oh,